Hi, I'm Courtney Gaines, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> on Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Once again, we are off into the world of entertainment on On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 558 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we go back to Back to the Future, Children of the Corn. Memphis Bell, the new movies, Queen Bees, The River, and all sorts of other stuff. Courtney Gaines is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Courtney's going to be talking about all those things and uh, his new movies, his new music. He's got some music coming out. So uh, him and his band and also him solo and it's just going to get so much information. It's all coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond with Courtney Gaines. So stick around for that. And a lot of things coming our way lately. Uh, we've had a lot of people comment on uh, some of the shows that we've been, the past shows we've been putting up. Uh, each day, I actually try to put at least one show up that uh, we have had to take down and then put back up, and uh, we're getting them all up there for you. But uh, it's going to take time, but we're putting at least one a day. I try to do that, and I hope you've been enjoying those shows because uh, we've had some amazing guests, and it's just uh, fascinating to listen to their stories. A lot of Oscar winners and Grammy winners and everything else, and uh, sadly some people who have passed. And uh, we, uh, you know, we uh, it's it's just a nice to hear those people talk about themselves. And um, so, if you have never heard of these people, you can learn a little history here if you want. Uh, you know, there's just so much stuff that you can learn. But anyways. We have uh, get a lot of people uh, emailing me, giving me uh, some messages, and you can do that at feedback at On Screen and Beyond. People giving me suggestions for guests, and I'm trying to do that. And also, uh, if you are, uh, you know, just want to talk, you can do that too at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Also, if you are on uh, the socials, uh, you can catch us at those too. And if you go to uh, any of those links that I put up for that or on Apple or, you know, wherever, if you click on those, those bring you to Anchor FM. And on there, you can pick which podcast provider you want to supply, you know, click on to get the show or anything like that. And uh, also on Anchor FM, there is a button that if you would like to send me a message, but a vocal message, you can talk and just send it to me. And I'd love to hear from you. And if you have a suggestion or anything like that, just once again, you can do it that way too. So, uh, what do you say? We got a lot of things coming our way, and uh, it's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, there's always seems to be something going on. They're always remaking shows and movies and things. And the remake of the horror film Candyman will hit theaters on August 27th. And Rachel Ziegler, who will be Maria in Spielberg's West Side Story remake, has been cast to play Snow White in Disney's live-action remake of Snow White. So she's kind of busy with remakes. And also, Apple will be having a musical remake of The Christmas Carol for us. 
And it will star Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and Octavia Spencer. So uh, it's an odd bunch, <laughs> but it is a Christmas carol, so we're going to enjoy that. So that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, why don't we take a walk over and see what is coming our way as far as upcoming new movies. Not remakes, not sequels, just a new movie that's uh, something different. It's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies, well, Jerry Seinfeld will star in, direct, and produce a comedy film called Unfrosted. Now, this is based on a comedy routine that he did uh, about Pop-Tarts. Hey, that's what they say, Pop-Tarts. All right, Jake Gyllenhaal and Vanessa Kirby will star in a film called Suddenly, and it is about a couple who were stranded on an island together. And Phoebe Dynevor, she's of Bridgerton. She was going to be starring in a new movie called I Heart Murder. And that's it for upcoming new movies here at On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, October 15th is the date of the Halloween sequel, Halloween Kills. Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis is back for more mayhem with Michael Myers. And December 22nd is the release date of the animated sequel to Sing called Sing 2. And it's going to be hitting theaters, like I said, on uh, December 22nd. And a Pet Cemetery sequel will start filming in August and will be eventually showing on Paramount+. Plus. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, Batwoman, the complete second season, will swing on the Blu-ray and DVD on September 21st, 2021. And September 7th, you can look for SEAL Team Season 4 as it shoots on the DVD. And Magnum P.I. Season 3, well, that comes your way on DVD on September 14th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, well, the classic Pal Joey with Frank Sinatra and Rita Hayworth will arrive on Blu-ray on July 20th. And also on July 20th, Die in a Gunfight with Diego Bonita. And it's going to be hitting Blu-ray. And on that same date, look for G.I. Joe Retaliation as it gets a 4K release. And that is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a look at what's coming your way as far as TV and entertainment time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, Diana Ross has a new album coming out this fall, and it's called Thank You. The first single is now available, and it is called Thank You. It's the title track. And Disney Plus will show Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back in three parts over Thanksgiving this year, November 25th, 26th, and 27th. And they are each two hours long, each episode. So uh, that'll be coming away, that movie, a six-hour movie, 
over three nights at Thanksgiving for the Beatles. And Harrison Ford, if you haven't heard yet, he's taking a break from filming Indiana Jones 5 after he got a shoulder injury from rehearsing a fight scene. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Courtney Gaines joining us. And now you all know Courtney because if, if, if you see saw him in Children of the Corn, you're going to know him. You'll recognize him. He was in Back to the Future. He's in Memphis Bell. He's been in all kinds of other movies. His latest movies, Queen Bees and River, are both out. And he has some new music coming out. And he has a group that he plays with, but uh, he also has some solo stuff, too. So that's all going to be talking talked about. Courtney Gaines coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. With us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we have seen in many films and TV shows over his 30-year career, including Back to the Future, Can't Buy Me Love, Monk, The Guardian, Children of the Corn, and so many more. In his latest film, Queen Bees, he works with James Caan, Anne Margaret, and Ellen Burstyn. And he has another movie coming out called River, and he has a solo album out called Acoustic Gains Volume 1. It's Courtney Gaines. Courtney, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, how you doing? Good. Courtney, I really appreciate you coming on the show here because uh, it sounds like you're very busy right now. Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's nice to have a few things coming out. You know, a lot of times you do independent films and, you know, the you wait, you wait, you wait. And uh, sometimes it takes years. And uh, Queen Bees is actually one of those. Queen Bees took, I think, over two years to come out. And uh, the other one you were talking about, River, was an independent film that came out in less than a year, which is really shocking for an independent film but tells you it must be pretty good for it to get picked up that fast because distribution for an independent film is always the toughest thing Mm, yeah oh yeah i know that (laughs) believe me (laughs) (laughs) all filmmakers learn that the hard way right hard enough to get the money hard enough to make the movie and then you realize oh it's much harder to even sell the movie that's for sure yeah geez yeah but now uh, you you mentioned queen bee so let's start with that I mean, you were working yeah. with James Caan and Margaret Ellen Burstyn. Of course, Jane Curtin was in it also. Christopher Lloyd. I mean, that is an incredible cast. Yeah, it is a really excellent cast. I, I only did a cameo in it, but it was it was good enough to make the the trailer, which I thought was great. So, who I got to work with was Ellen Burstyn, Anne Margaret, Jane Curtin, and Loretta Devine, the four main women in it, and mm-hmm. that was just. That wasn't something I could pass up on the, the, to work with all those iconic women. Oh, yeah. So how would you get involved with it? Well, I actually knew the director. I took an acting class, that uh, a comedy class that he teaches part-time. His sister, Helene Lembeck, teaches it full-time. It's called the Harvey Lembeck Comedy Workshop. Their father, Har- Harvey Lembeck, was a, was a big actor in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Right, and they yeah. carried on the class. And when I heard... He was directing the film. I said, you got anything? And he said, well, here, I got something you might be able to do. Here's, you, here's, here's who you can work with. And I said, I'm in. Let's do, <laughs> let's, let's do this. That, that, that's, yeah, I wouldn't think that you would balk too much at working with all those people. Jeez. Well, what was really great was uh, the scene. My scene is I, I, they're, they're, all, they're all at this, this uh, coffee house or, well, the cafe talking, and I, I steal a person, and they catch me and all this stuff. But so the first half of the day, I just got to sit there as the character watching them, but I got to watch them all work for a half a day. 
And that, you know, from an acting, from a point of view of acting and watching different styles and techniques, it was just, you know, they were all experts in their own right in different ways. Like, obviously, like Jane Curtin's comedic timing, Mm -hmm. you know, can't be beat. You know what I mean? It's just there. Um, So it was so great to get to to see how they all go about their business. Yeah. Yeah. So do you... Do you keep yourself aware of how other actors are doing, especially, you know, like you say, these people are, are, are the, you know, the people who have been in the business a long time and know what they're doing. And uh, do you find yourself, you know, trying to get, you know, knowledge from them, you know, like a Vulcan mind meld or something? <laughs> oh, well, I figure you can always learn something from a, from a, you know, a veteran actor. There's no doubt. And, uh, and well, you know, I'm, I'm steeped in all the the methods, shall we say? You know, Stanislavski and mm-hmm. uh, Sanford Meisner, and all these things. I've trained in all that stuff. So I, I and I trained actors for a good twenty years as well. And so I can recognize styles. And I like to see how people use what they what they do. Yeah. You know, uh, certain people are experts in certain things. Like say, like Robert Duvall, one of my favorite actors. You know, he's considered one of the greats to come out of this. You know, Sanford Meisner technique. And, uh, you know, so I know what to look for when he's using what he knows how to do best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't mean to diminish your 30 years of knowledge either. Cause no, <laughs> I no. mean, I mean, you know, you believe me in children of the corn, you scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people you're welcome. <laughs> No, you did a great job on that film, though. Really, I mean that that was that was something. Yeah, well, it's amazing. Thirty-five years later, we're we're still talking about it, you know. So I must I must have in the movie must have done something right. But it's certainly <laughs> become a a cult classic, you know. Oh yeah, jeez. Over time, uh, of all the movies you've been in, is there any one that's uh, special to you that you know is that stands out the most? Of you know, you always said, you know, wow, this is. I'm so glad I got this film. Uh, you know, it's 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 always hard to to say things like what's your favorite character, what's your favorite film. It's like choosing your favorite kid or something. Right. But um, <laughs> I'd have to say the one that probably stood out for all of us who were in it uh, is one of the most exceptional experiences was Memphis Bell. Mm-hmm. Got to got to go to the UK for three months. Uh, some of the crew were the best that England had to offer. Academy Award winners, David Watkins, who was the DP, he won an Academy for out of, out of Africa. Stuart Craig is is probably still the biggest production designer in, in the UK. Uh, David Putnam, in, as the producer, had won Oscars. The editor had won Oscars. So it was just we it was just top notch, you know, in every possible way you could imagine. And uh, it was that so that certainly ranks up there. We even got to fly in a row B seventeen on the Fourth of July. So that's that's pretty hard to top. Wow, jeez! I mean, yeah. so many experiences that you must get when when you're doing films like this. Well, absolutely. Well, first off, you get the opportunity to walk in another shoes, right? Especially if you're playing something like the Memphis Bell, based on a true story, or like I did the miniseries Texas Rising. I mean, obviously, some of it's probably you know a little little loose but but basically there's a you know there's a story there's a history there so you have to do that work you know you have to learn about the time period the 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 historical significance and you get to go back in time and and portray those those characters and and that's that's like such an interesting experience that you get to have that you you wouldn't have otherwise right you get to i did a civil war movie called um, field of lost shoes that was about the um the only time in American history uh, kids fought in the Civil War the, from the South, they 
uh, it was called the Battle of Newmarket, and uh, it's the only time, like I said, it's the only time in history underage children fought in a war, and uh, it was based on the cadets at the Virginia Military Institute. So they got to go to the didn't even know they didn't even know it existed. Got to go there, and I mean, Stonewall Jackson is 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 buried there with his horse and hmm. his uniform. He got shot in. I mean, you know, just incredible stuff, right? But, wow that I didn't even know existed. And that's the great, that's the great thing about, about doing movies is you get to travel places and learn things you didn't know. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's <laughs> now, can you give us an idea what uh, the river is about? Sure. So rivers is again, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a real indie film. It's a, it's, it's a small cast. There's only, uh, I believe five of us total. And it's, it, it's under the category of a sci-fi movie but it's not like sci-fi, like uh, like what tons of CGI or something. It's uh, it's it's about this girl who loses track of time. She like disappears and comes back, and everybody thought she was missing. And I I play her her uh, her boss slash surrogate father slash therapist to take her back and figure out what happened. It's a very cool role for me, Dr. Michael Glenn. Just very different. I had a nice long COVID beard. My hair was long. <laughs> Uh, very earthy, loving kind of guy. Not all, always the kind of roles I get to play, mm-hmm. but it's a very well done little film. And uh, I think I think uh, uh, our director is going to get going to get some more work from it. Yeah. Now you mentioned that uh, you know that wasn't the type of role that you usually do, and a lot of times you're, you're playing scary roles and things like that. Uh, yeah. You know, and a lot of people always tell me that uh, they love playing the bad guy. Uh, but since you play the bad guy a lot, do you, do you prefer to or not prefer, but do you enjoy playing a different type of role sometimes like that? Of course, of course. Now, yeah, I mean, bad guys are fun, and the reason <laughs> bad guys are fun is because they get to they get to break all the rules, right? right. That's what makes, that's what makes a bad guy a bad guy, right? They 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 cross all the boundaries, and it's it's, it's a very freeing uh, experience, you know, and it's very it's fun. Um, you get to do all kinds of crazy things without real, ultimately real consequences, right. like in the real world. So that's that's great. But of course, I'm always looking for um, a, a different type of role, and and uh, and you know, I, I I do pride myself as a as a character actor to be able to. I always say I can play Jesus or I can play the devil. I don't know that a lot of people could say that, but I believe I can, and I believe you give me a chance, I'll show you. I I, I will. You know, I can do it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you, know, you can look at, say, something from Malachi, and then you can look at, like, Kenneth Werman and Count By Me Love, and that's a pretty far spectrum. Right. You know, of different types of human beings. Um, so I like when I can play a nice guy once in a while, for yeah. sure. And this was nice. What was different about this, this was it was a, a little bit more of a mature role as I'm obviously getting older. I've always wanted to be a psychologist or play a shrink because, uh, you know, as an actor, I think we, 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 we are amateur psychologists ourselves we need to know what makes people tick and what makes ourselves tick we have to have that kind of awareness so uh, uh and i like to say i taught acting for a long time and was, a lot of it was very heavy duty psychodrama drama therapy um stuff to get people to emotional places that they were they couldn't get to and so i you know i've i again i i've, I've learned a lot about what makes people tick or what can what can activate an emotion or things like that so it was nice to actually get to play a character like that yeah well, one thing I got to hand it to you because, like you say, you you go from Children of the Corn, Can't Buy Me Love, uh, you know, two totally different uh, types of, of of roles, and 
not to put down some actors, but some actors, they, and it may not be their fault. It may be the fact that, you know, everybody is putting him in the same type of role all the time. So they, it's almost like they play the same character. It's just a different movie, but you go in each, each movie you do. And it's like, okay, gee, that is, is this the same guy? You know? <laughs> Right, and I and I take that I take that as a as a compliment. Oh, it you know, is. I do convey, all my photos are on the table, and you know they're coming there to see Children of the Corn, and they see a picture of, say, Sweet Home Alabama, and they're like, "Oh my God, I didn't even realize that was the same guy." Right. I take that I take that as a compliment. I mean, as as a character actor, that's you know what you do, and 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 then there are those that you know like a, say like a Denzel Washington who is a, is a leading man but he's still very much a character actor i mean he can play a white collar character he can play a blue collar character he can play a, a character who you know was in prison you know he and that's the kind of guys i respect you know mm-hmm. is that they have that kind of range that there's just i mean you, know, you really ask yourself like say a Denzel Washington what can't he do right know? yeah yeah so is acting what you always wanted to do Yes, sir. It's all I ever, ever wanted to do. Um, uh, my dad tells a story that when I was six, I was, you know, I was asked, like, you're going to be a fireman when you grow up? And he said, I looked him dead in the eye and I said, no, I'm going to be an actor. So, like, I, I mean, declared it, like, not I want to be, I'm going to be. I don't remember that, but he, he, he said that left a really big impact on him and he thought whatever he could do to help, he would. But when I first remember is... Um, I did a play in grammar school, like 10 years old, and uh, played the prince in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And uh, all I know, I walked on that stage and, you know, kissed the girl, and she came to life, and everybody applauded, and I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. You know, it was in my it was in my blood though. My my grandfather, who I didn't know on my father's side, was a piano player and a hoofer, and only time I ever actually saw him, my grandmother, he was, he was, it was in a Shirley Temple movie. She, she just points to goes, he was in a scene. He goes, that's your, that's your grandfather. Wow. Um, so I, I was too young to remember what the movie was. Um, but that certainly left an impression. And then my mother, uh, from the time she was a teenager was in the USO entertaining troops. Uh, she was like in a fame school in Los Angeles and she'd fly to like Bakersfield and entertain troops. And so she was, she was in chorus lines and movies, so it was it was in my blood, and I think they never maybe got to the level they wanted to, so it kind of got passed down to me to to take it to the next level, I guess. Mm-hmm. No one, no one, you know, no one was putting that on me. My mother tried to keep me out of it. Actually, she didn't want me to be a childhood actor, and I just kept 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 bugging her, hmm. you know, until she finally got me in a class. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So do you remember the first actual uh, credited or, or paid role that you did on TV oh, or yeah. movies? Yeah, the first – well, technically it wasn't a paid role, I guess. The first thing I ever did was an American Film Institute project with Crispin Glover. And they've made – they've since packaged the whole thing, and it's called the Beaver Trilogy. Sean Penn did the character once. Crispin did the character once, and somebody else big did the character once, and it's like become this sort of cult thing. But uh, the story I always tell is just crazy. Is so you know I'm, I'm this long-haired rocker kid, and he's like, okay, she's smoking in the boys' room, blah blah blah. Here's rehearsal, and we're I'm doing lines with the other guy. And then all of a sudden, the bathroom stall door opens up, and it's Crispin Glover dressed in that black outfit that Olivia Newton John wore <laughs> with the wig. Jeez. And and it's Crispin Glover, like like oh hey guys, how's it going? 
And I'm like, I'm going, this is really weird, but this actor is amazing. Who is this dude? You know? <laughs> and, you know, we, we became friends over time and did, did Back to the Future together. And yeah. He's such an interesting – and we did Texas Rising together as well, which I hadn't seen him in years, and that was that was great to get to catch up with him. I think he's such a talented, offbeat – talk about a character actor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's that. Um but that was the first first thing I ever did, and then the first movie I you know, first thing I ever, first first thing I ever got paid for was a safeguard uh, safeguard soap commercial that I got to take my mom to New York, and and do and uh, we saw I think the third to last performance of Annie on Broadway, so that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then the first first movie was Turtle and Corn. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, you yeah. were when. When was that? Wasn't Hard Bodies one of the first ones you did? Hard Bodies was the second one. Oh, the second one. Okay. All right. I remember you in that one, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was literally right afterward. Matter of fact, I got into a a big fight with the producer, a guy named Don Borchers, uh, on Children of the Corn because he wanted me to cut my hair shorter for the, the flashback scene, which I would have gladly did if I didn't know I had this job, Hard Bodies. Uh, waiting for me but I knew I was playing a surfer kid and so I had to have longer so I cut it a few inches but I, I remember we got in a big fight and I, was, I told him I said I have this Roger Corman film to do uh, when I get back called Hard Bodies and he goes Roger Corman Roger Corman like you know what has he done and I said look man that's the king of the B movie right done, you know don't insult my intelligence you want to have a talk about this let's have a talk about it. and he never forgot it every time I'd see him he'd mention how my hair length for the rest of every every time I'd ever see him in town, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's it's always interesting to me uh, when we talk to different actors and things of uh, the things they do besides when we see them on screen all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and, but but uh, I didn't know you were you were a, a musician. Yeah, yeah. That's always sort of been the sidebar. Um, I started taking lessons musically around the same time I started taking acting lessons at 13. Uh, but I'm far more studied as an actor. Uh, I, once I learned to play decently enough, you know, new chords and things of that, pretty much from that point on, I've, I've been self-taught. And, and what, what, what it's music for me, what I, I really, the performing is all right. I get nervous sometimes and things performing, but the, the act of writing a song is, is pretty sublime for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's when you when you really tap into whatever that is, or the emotion you're feeling that you can't quite articulate or some idea. Yeah, just but that moment where you write and it comes together, this moment of creation uh, is is uh, is is a pretty intoxicating experience for me. I, I, I really enjoy writing music. And that's what I feel I'm best at is I'm an all right singer. I'm an all right guitar player, but I believe I can write a good song. Yeah. Do, you, do you play any other instruments besides a guitar? No, nope. definitely not. I can barely play guitar well enough to play guitar. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Regular guitar or bass or? Uh, I, I, I wrote, I do most of my writing on acoustic and I originally really started with acoustic. I had an acoustic band in the nineties in LA called the gathering that we had a really good solid following in all the coffee house scenes uh, in LA. Um, I co-wrote a lot with I, my first band. I was a female writer and I've, I have, and I do a lot of co-writing too. I like, I like to do that, but um, I also have a band right now called ripple street. And that's a, that's a much harder, harder stuff. Uh, I have, we have our last single we just put out is called would you and it's black Sabbath esque. I think, I think that's really? fair to say. 
And uh, just had a song come out today off of my solo record that I'm putting out called Acoustic Games, and that song is called Cherished, and that just came out on Spotify and Apple and iTunes and all of that today. And that's a whole much more mellow vibe. It's pretty, pretty, pretty different stuff. So there again, you're Compared. you're doing the whole scope, you know, like your movie acting, you know, the roles you do. Seems to be the case. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's you know, I mean, that's. That's good because I don't know, you know, I don't know how much you you remember the old people, the, the old singers. But if you remember Alice Cooper, and uh, my girlfriend is a huge Alice Cooper fan. Oh, really? Yeah. But but you remember some of his songs? He was pretty hard stuff. And then all of a sudden he came out with like "Only Women Bleed," and everybody was like, mm-hmm. "Wow!" You know, he, he's you know he's doing something totally different than what you expect. So it was uh, it was. So that's pretty neat that you're doing that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah as a matter of fact, that's something that she talks about. And uh, I actually, on a sidebar project that I've been working on for a few years that's been really cool, is um, I, I'm part of this project uh, called Dreams in the Witch House. It's a rock opera rock musical based on H.P. Lovecraft's Dreams of the Witch House. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm playing a character named Frank Elwood, and I've, so I've got to sing like two or three times now. And um uh, the the last song that that was the highest compliment from her. She said I sounded Alice Cooper esque. So I thought that coming from her was about as high a compliment as I was going to get. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, now, yeah, but you, if yeah, if you if, if that intrigues you, there's uh, some amazing metal uh, and rock musicians playing on this thing. It's the the quality of the production is just through the roof. Good. Wow. Um, actually, we brought John Franklin in from Children of the Corn to come uh, play a character and sing on it too. And he has a musical background. He just slayed it. Hmm. He was he was really good. Wow, that's that's neat. Uh, so, have you ever sung in any of your other movie in any of your movies or TV shows? Yeah, yeah. I've managed to do. Um, I've managed to you know squeak the music in there in various ways. I've actually written songs for movies that have just been placed that I'm even not in, which has been cool. Um, I like a challenge when somebody says, like, "Hey, there's this movie. Here's the theme. Write something," and they pick it up. That's cool. Uh, but uh, one of the projects I'm, I am uh, a proud of that I was also a producer on is called Benny Bliss and the Disciples of Greatness. That one which came out maybe I don't know now seven years ago maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. And I wrote uh, I think five of the songs on it, and we perform. Uh, all of it, all of all, all the material live. So no, no punch-ins. We do a whole like thirty-minute rock concert at the end, basically. Huh. Wow! And it's got some very, very good musicians in it. Um, that that uh, was was a real joy for me to get to perform with. Um, not big, big names you would know, but guys that are real legit. Yeah. And uh, um, so that's the the biggest. And I just did a. Uh, Last year I did a movie called um, My Redneck Neighbors. It's a comedy. I have no idea how this thing's going to turn out, but I I play music in that. I, I play like three, four songs, hmm. original stuff in that. I just threw in just to make things interesting, and they went with it. So, um, so I'm always finding a way to get it to get it in there. And I played uh, on an interesting note. I played uh, probably the first time I ever played music in a movie was Colors. Uh, Dennis Hopper saw me playing guitar, and one of the girls. At the, at the end, the end scene uh, where Robert Duvall gets killed and such, she, I guess, she asked him to play the song um, that people still to this day try to hit me up on Facebook to find. And I, I keep telling, talk to her if she should record this thing um, called "Love Guaranteed." And I played like lead acoustic guitar on that, two cholos, a cholita and a cholo playing music. I thought that was so out of the box, cool, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Now, so now, are you still uh, with Ripple Street, or are you still doing things with? Because right now, I don't know if things are, <laughs> if anybody's playing too much anywhere yet, or. But we're not we're not playing out live right now, um, but we're we, but we are recording. Like I said, we just put out our third single on this next EP, and we've got two more songs to go, and then we're gonna really, you know burn a CD and uh, make, you know, release it that way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's really cool nowadays, obviously, and I'm, I'm low tech at, at best is it's, it's, you, you have these home setups you can do now that are really easy, yeah. you know, so I can couple condenser mics and boom, and you're, you're in business, you plug right into your computer mm-hmm. and you can go. And so I, I, so sometimes I go, uh, my, my, the bass player and the guitar player, Frankie uh, Burgess, who's doing a lot of the producing and stuff as well. Uh, they're in North Carolina and I'm, I'm in a, I'm part time in uh, uh, Georgia and LA, and so sometimes I just I just track my vocals and things here. I track my guitars here and send it off, and we just we just send stuff back and forth till we till we knock it out. Wow! So it's pretty cool. Nowadays you can you can get things done. You know, just the the high cost of a studio is not on you as much as it used to be. You know? Yeah. yeah. Now, at some point, will you be back out? Are you going to be out? Uh, you know, doing venues and things. I would like to. We just need to see if every. Right now, we need a drummer, <laughs> which is always seems like always the case. It seems like drummers are the hardest to find, and they're always the busiest. Really, any good drummers in four bands waiting for a band to, to break because they don't write music, right? So yeah. they, but they're the backbeat, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's very very typical. So right now, we're we're in need of a drummer. Um, but, uh, we're talking about it, but I don't know yet if we're going to commit to hit the road and, and see what it's, yeah, it's a big commitment, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What about the solo? Do you, do you do any, or are you going to do any venues yourself? I just started putting these singles out and I'm doing these interviews now. So it's kind of opening the door to that, that conversation. Um, if it's the right situation, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like some people talk about like doing it at a convention. I'm like, yeah, no, it has to be my band at, a, at like a horror convention. I'm not going up there so low. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, that's a little too raw. Those crowds are a little too raucous on a Saturday night. So, uh, <laughs> I would need, I need, I need a band behind me. So, yeah. but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while since I've played out, um, acoustically, but I, I certainly have a lot, yeah. certainly in LA on the, the strip and all that. I've done all that. Yeah. Now, Acoustic Gains Volume 1, does that Correct. mean that we can expect a Volume 2? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, it's a, it, it, uh, What I'm debating right now is whether it's just more acoustic songs with vocals or I have a whole set of songs that are just acoustic instrumentals. So I'm debating whether I'm doing that as Volume 2 or calling that Instrumental Gains. I'm not sure yet. Huh. I like the way you, you the little play on words there you use. <laughs> yes, use use my last name to its full advantage. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I have I have a bunch of soundtrack stuff I scored too that I'm thinking of putting out over time. And then that movie Benny Bliss, we were we were supposed to put that out as a record, but we never did. And I came I I, I thought I lost that stuff on a computer that got stolen, but I found it recently, so I'm gonna release that too. So I have a all of a sudden I have a, just a lot of material. Hmm. to put out so i'm just gonna you know keep chipping away at it so uh yeah. i'm doing email blasts to people i know and so i was like get you know go on this journey with me i'm gonna keep sending you songs until you tell me to stop <laughs> <laughs> well that's great well well courtney uh i know we got to finish up here in a minute but uh, i'd like to finish up with one final question but okay. uh, I do want to make sure that uh, oh wh- one thing i do want to ask you before we go into that is where can people get acoustic gains volume one 
Yeah, that and uh, both uh, the Ripple Street stuff you, yes. can, you can find on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you just got to type in my name, you know, Courtney Gaines, you'll find it, or, or the name of one of the songs. Uh, like I said, the last one's called Cherished. Or uh, you can get them on iTunes, Apple, I mean, iTunes, uh, Deezer, uh, Amazon. They're, they're out there. To, they're out there if you'd like to buy a – spend 99 cents and buy a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any place they can get a hard copy? a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a place they can get a hard copy too, you know, a CD? No, no CDs right now. All right now, it's all just uh, digital. Uh, digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you luck with that. That that's uh, that sounds great. And uh, um, but, but I'd like to finish up with a final question here, taking us away from yeah. your music and also from your movies and everything. Ah. But um, as far as when you sit back and relax, and I know it doesn't look like you do too often, but when you do. <laughs> What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Uh, I'm going to stick with the past. Uh, the now, I don't know anymore in the now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm watching old movies and stuff. So uh, I'd have to say, in my opinion, the, the, the best sitcom of all time is All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that was just a brilliant show. Um I'd say movies. I, I I know people you know ask me like, what's your favorite movie? I, the story I tell is when my son was young. I'd, I'd take him to watch anything he wanted, and you know, if it had a fart joke in it, he thought it was funny, right? You know, that's like that level. And uh, which is all those movies for kids. Right. Um, I said I'll take you to anything you want to see, but over you know you have to, you have to watch three movies with me. And so the three movies were uh, in this order too: On the Waterfront. Mm-hmm. Manchurian Candidate, and um, and uh, oh gosh, it always always evades the name always evades me. You know, uh, Rosebud. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Citizen Kane. Yeah, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now, when you say Manchurian and, Candidate, you mean the original or the remakes? Yes. No, the original. The original. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I presume, but I just wanted to make it make sure. <laughs> I always tell the funniest story. You know, the beginning of the film where they're under hypnosis and stuff. You know, my son's like, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, watching this movie, and he's like, this is weird. This is weird. And then when he sees that they're under hypnosis, he's like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> just like everybody else, it hooked him right there, you know? Yeah. But wow. Such a great hook, you know? And when I had him watch, uh, you know, On the Waterfront, the main reason I had him watch it was, you know, to show him uh, – you know, all these guys that are out there today that are big stars, uh, there's this guy called Brando, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he watched it, and at the end he went, Brando. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's the bar, kid. That's the bar. Yeah, he got it then. He he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I think he definitely looked at leading actors of his time in a little different light after that. Mm, yeah. Well, Courtney, I, I enjoyed talking to you, and I thank you so much for joining us, and I wish you luck with your music and your movies and everything else. Thank you very much. It was, it was nice talking to you as well. You take care. A big shout-out going out to Courtney Gaines for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, be sure to check out his music and his new movie, Queen Bees and River. He shows up in those movies. And also, if you get a chance, 
if you really want to get uh, you know you know spooked go go see uh Children of the Corn, I'm sure it's out there streaming somewhere, or uh, you'll catch them in Back to the Future, or Memphis Bell, or any of those, and uh, so many other things. So uh, we thank you for joining us here and sharing his story, and uh, we've got more great guests coming your way here at On Screen and Beyond. Uh, Going to take a couple of weeks off, maybe, you know, during the uh, 4th of July and things like that, but uh, we'll try to stagger them. But I will keep going, I hope, <laughs> anyways, with uh, a daily release of the old shows that uh, we are have done over the past so we can get them all up there eventually and uh, we're up to i don't know 160 or something like that and we have uh, 558 total shows so far and climbing so uh, we keep getting those up and if you get a chance check those out because if you haven't seen uh, listen to all of them uh, you've got a lot of good ones there last week i put uh, bruce dern's interview out and uh, also uh, what else uh, vicky lawrence i put hers up there and philip coppins of um the uh, ancient aliens and all, all sorts of other ones. And we've got more and more coming your way. Uh, just keep uh, checking because it comes out. And like I said, the best way to do this, so you don't miss one of them, turn around and now they call it follow. It's not to uh, subscribe, but uh, you know, subscribe, whatever on Apple podcasts. That's where we have the greatest amount of people listening to on screen and beyond. We always have for the last 14 years. But uh, we also have them on Spotify and everything. But whatever they have, it's whether it's a follow or or haunt or whatever they want to call it, uh, just uh, be sure to do that uh, so you automatically will get the episodes coming your way. And if you get a chance, uh, please, please leave a review. If you're an Apple podcast listening, leave a review for us, uh, you know, or a five-star check. You know, check that if you can. If you can leave a review, that would be great. Uh, we always want to get uh, some of those so we get higher in the ratings and everything just so people can, see, you know, they'll see us and know that we're out there. And uh, we just want to have more people enjoy On Screen and Beyond. But most of all, be sure to, you know, tell a friend. Get the word out about On Screen and Beyond. Tell them, hey, you know, listen to this episode. You know, so-and-so was on. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, something they might like to hear. So we appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, I, I, I do all these shows and everything, and uh, I just hope that you could, you know, do that for me. That would help us out. And uh, that's it. That is a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.